If you haven't checked out The Pot of Gold yet, what are you waiting for? The Pot of Gold is a database and a system for you to organize your content and start treating it like the asset that it is. If you want to avoid burnout, if you want to ever get out of the weeds of your business, if you want to stop spending your whole life on social media, if you want to outsource your content marketing to someone else while still maintaining your voice and your brand, this is the tool for you to do it. And it costs less than a fancy lunch. So go to carveldigital.com slash gold and check it out right now. Once we have the help, it feels so good and it alleviates a lot because especially in entrepreneurship, it's just a whirlwind of ups and downs. You experience so much. Why not have the help to actually help you not experience that alone? Experience it with somebody who's going to help you in your business. Welcome to Begin As You Mean To Go On. If you're a woman of color with a mission-driven, service-based business, and you want to increase your income and your impact without burning out in the process, you are in the right place. I'm your host, Karanda Adair, recovering WordPress developer, content marketing coach, and CEO of Carvel Digital. I've survived being a black woman in the tech industry, getting fired for culture fit, and gone on to build a thriving business. I want to show you how to work hard once to create systems in your business that continue to work for you as you grow so that you can not just survive, but thrive and live your best life. Let's get it going. Hey friends, welcome back to Begin As You Mean To Go On. I'm so happy to have you here and I'm so happy for you, especially if you have been struggling with hiring and issues of growing your team. Um, I'm excited for you to hear this conversation that I had with Kimon Napier of Kimon Napier Consulting. Kimon is an expert in this. This is all she's ever done. She is the CEO of Kimon Napier Consulting, helping women business owners attract, hire, and retain their dream teams to reclaim their time, scale their business, and live their best lives. Kimon has over eight years of experience in HR, operations, and engineering. She is a speaker, consultant, and strategist whose work has been groundbreaking in building strong teams and helping business owners reclaim their time. If you are a longtime listener, you've probably heard me talk about Kimon. She helped me to find my amazing operations manager when I was drowning last year. You know, I had grown my team and that had resulted in a growing need to manage the team. And I knew that I needed help. So I went to her and we had an amazing process to help me hire my operations manager. And so in this episode, we talk about and give that history of our uh, how we met and that that process that we went through. Um, we talk about when should you start hiring and how can you prepare for that? We talk about how do you find good people and where do you get, find good people and the preparation that you really need in order to be able to do that how to get out of the weeds if you feel like you're drowning in your business, whether you have a team or not, how to get out of the weeds by first going through a process to hire those people and then being able to let go of tasks and let people step in and do what they do to help you reclaim your time and your sanity. And then she's got a little gift for you at the end that we'll link to in the show notes. A really great episode. You're going to get so much value out of this. And if it's your first time here, I want you to go ahead and listen through to the entire episode. And at the end, I will invite you to then go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, join the family, um, leave us a five-star rating and review, but go ahead, sit back, enjoy this episode and my conversation with Kimon Napier and let us know what you think. Welcome, Kimon. Thanks so much for joining me today. No problem. I'm glad to be here. Finally. (laughs) This is our second attempt, right? We had nature came and foiled our plans, but we we persevered and and here we are. So 
um, I'm excited to talk to you about hiring because you definitely have helped me and changed my business with your skills. So I was like, let me just have you on and, and expose all of the people to your brilliance and, and help them with their hiring struggles. So let's start out, just tell people, you know, who you are and, and your company and, and give us your intersectional identities and let us get to know you. Sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Kamon Napier. I am the CEO of Kamon Napier Consulting. Very simple business thing. <laughs> and I respond to she and her. So that is how I respond. And I am a hiring strategist. So this is what I've done my entire life. And, you know, I brought it to most more so online business, like recently within the past two years, which has been super exciting for me. So that's what I've done in a nutshell. So anything regarding people, I am the person for it. I am actually a human capital engineer, which no one knows what that is unless you actually know what it is. Well, basically just thinking about HR and engineering is where I actually went to school and learned about. So that is like my journey to where I am now. That is awesome. So let's just roll back and talk about like how we met. I'll start because I I really was feeling the pain. And, you know, if people have listened to the my other episodes, the awkward teen phase and like alternative hiring episodes, like I was struggling and it was really a year ago. Like it was me. It was just me. And, you know, I had like a, a website maintenance company and that was it. That loan hit my bank account, you know, that disaster loan. And I was like, oh, I'm getting some help with a quickness. And so I started hiring people. And as I hired more people, then I had to manage the people and I had to train the people. And it really quickly became apparent that I was like, I'm going to need somebody to come in and help help manage this. I need an operations person. And for two months, I was like, I really need to hire an ops manager. And it was not happening. And I was like, okay, if something's going on for this long and I know I need to do it and it's not happening, but I literally don't have time to do it, right? It's like chicken and egg. So I went into this group that we're both a part of. This is a pro tip for you all, right? Instead of announcing like, hey, does anybody here help with hiring people? Because then what happens is you get inundated with replies, depending on the size of the group, right? You get inundated, you get overwhelmed, and then you're like, I don't know what to do, right? So I was really strategic about it. And I searched, I searched the group and I just searched the word hiring and that was it. And the cream rose right to the top. And I saw a post that you had done and it was like, are you this? Are you experiencing this? Are you this? And I was like, "Mm -hmm. yep, 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 yep. (laughs) I was like, where's the scheduler? That was my experience of coming into your world. That is how I experienced it. I just remember getting the email and I remember reading through everything that you put there and I was like, oh man, she's like ready to hire. <laughs> I remember you were like, quote unquote, I need an ops manager like yesterday, <laughs> which is usually what a lot of people say. So that's kind of where we started. And, you know, I remember when we had our first call and you were talking me through some of the things that you were experiencing. And I was like, yep, you are definitely on the road because you're making money right now, right? You have the money, but it's like the time. It's the time aspect. And like, because you started bringing on the team now, you're managing rather than leading the team, which is not essentially what you wanted to be doing, you know, at least not all of the time. We really found out like, okay, yeah, you do need an ops person or somebody just to be able to step in between you and the team some more so you could just have some more peaceful time for yourself. Because that's where the creative juices start flowing. If you're doing all of the management, where are you getting time to be creative? And a lot of people experience that. 
Yeah. And I want to hone in on something you said that I never really thought consciously about, but it was managing versus leading the team. That seems so obvious when you say it, but I literally until this moment never really had that phrase go through my mind, but that that is what it is. Like if you're the CEO, you want to lead the team. You don't want to be in the weeds and click up every day, like doing all those little things, checking every little thing, driving every little thing. Like you can't, you can't think. And so I just want to say on the record here on the podcast that the experience that I had with you was dreamy is the word that I that I used to describe it. You know, you were like, yep, okay, I got you. Cut the check. And from that moment on, it was like, okay, I think I looked over the job description, which I had mostly written. So I had mostly written the job description. Is that something that you help people with? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just were the person that went ahead and you're always like, oh, she's so ready. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So if you're listening to this, you don't have your job description. Don't worry about that. But yeah, you had this whole process outlined and you were like, okay, here's where you're going to need to show up you know, and here's what the process is going to be. And it was all just really smooth. And so you went and found the candidates and I spent some time kind of filtering through and picking like my top three. And then you went and interviewed those people. And so I really just had to choose like, who do I want to show up and interview with? And then kind of just like answered my questions and guided me through making that decision. And it was like, it was great. And the really the only part that went wrong was that I messed up and didn't do a test task in the first process. And so I got someone who looked amazing on paper and just was not showing up doing what I needed her to do. And so one of my previous episodes, I think right before this, is the cost of sunk cost fallacy. And so one of the things that happened was after six weeks with that person, I was like, I am not feeling the relief that I need to feel. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to you. I was like, hey, we need to start over. If at first you don't succeed. And so we went back through the process. And now I have Karen. Karen's amazing. I just want to say, like, just because you have someone help you through a process, like, it's still on you to make the right decision. But the actual process was just amazing and got me to the end goal eventually. So thank you for that. So I want to talk about when when people should hire, because I, I feel like that is a big question that I'm seeing around a lot. It's like, how do people know they're quote unquote ready to hire? Honestly, I always recommend everyone hire before they're experiencing some surge of growth if they can, because this is the problem that I see with a lot of folks. Like they wait until they're like super overwhelmed and they're just like, I can't do it anymore. And that's where they make mistakes. They're just like, I just need somebody right now. And they're not looking at things from like an analytical standpoint. Like, is this actually the person that's going to help me get what I'm trying to get out of this? Whether it's, you know, a return on investment in terms of money or if it's like time, if they're overwhelmed nine times out of 10, they actually really do make the wrong hires. It's always better to hire from a sense of strategic like thinking. And you'll say to yourself, like, okay, I feel like very good where I'm at in my business right now. But I think if I hire this person, it'll help propel things just a little bit quicker, or it'll help me get back some more time. So if you approach it from that standpoint, and it's it's normally easier because you have more time to actually like be in the process and you're not rushing through. Because like, you know, hiring is a process. There's so many systems, but it is a system and it's not easy for a lot of folks to master. So if that's you, take your time with it and just give yourself like more time to actually feel people out to see if you're Mm -hmm. actually making the right decision. Yeah, 100%. And when I 
when I hear you talking about this, I'm like, oh, so it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same as what I teach people around their technology systems, around their marketing. It's like, it's kind of the same across the board. It doesn't matter. Like desperation is not sexy and it's not productive and it doesn't get you where you want to go. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about, you know, desperation for clients or desperation for team. It just doesn't work. I especially want to talk to people who, if you're listening to this and you're kind of like more in the beginning phase of your business where you're like, oh, I can't imagine how I could pay for blah, blah, blah. Like you can hire people, you know, five, 10 hours a month sometimes. I, I feel like it's this cascade, especially with women and women of color, like because we're so conditioned to just give and give and we underprice ourselves. And so then your, your offer is underpriced. So now you, you have set yourself up to not be able to, to pay for help. It's this cascade of things that are working against us. So what my hope is people who listen to this can be like, oh, let me just nip this in the bud and know that I'm going to need help. And how do I set myself to be able to get that help strategically where I can take my time about it? So I hope we catch some people, you know, <laughs> before that desperation phase. But even so, like you, you have to get the help. You just you have to get the help. I love like hiring sooner than later, right? If I if I had the resources, one of the things that this pandemic showed me like really, really is how under-resourced women's businesses are, especially women of color, because I was able to hire because I got that disaster loan. And so many people, so many women hired me with their disaster loan money. And because of that, we were then able to get the traction, you know, and get our glow up and then actually hire the help to, to deal with that influx. And it's, it's infuriating, (laughs) you know, to think like men just like, or just show up and they're just like, oh yeah, let's give you some money for this and that and the other. And that's how they're able to build businesses so quickly. And anyway, that's a whole different podcast. I mean, if you take it from perspective too, I mean, think about it from this place. Like women, we do a lot. We are juggling everything in life. Like, you know, I'm not saying some men don't, but that traditionally that's just been our experience. So of course, when we get into business, sometimes you know, we go through that feeling like I got to do it all. No, you don't have to do it all. And it's not serving you. And then of course, if you're not in the position that you're getting like a disaster loan or anything like that, even saving towards the person that will help you is, is a good practice. Typically, you know, what they'll say about men is that like when they need something, they go out and, and get it. If they need help with something, it's just like, okay, I need help. You know, I was talking to my husband about this the other day and I was on vacation and he's like, I don't feel like cooking, so I'm just going to go out and buy food. Like, you know, it's just different. Whereas women, some of us might be actually sitting there stressing about that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I do. (laughs) Right. It's just it's just a natural thing that I don't think we put this pressure on ourselves and we don't realize that we do it. But like once we have the help, it feels so good and it alleviates a lot because especially in entrepreneurship, it's just a whirlwind of like ups and downs. You experience so much. So it's like, why not have the help to actually help you not experience that alone? Like experience it with somebody who's going to help you in your business. And that goes for the business. That goes for home life. Like I had to hit like 40 K a month in revenue before I could convince my wife to be like, okay, we need to send out laundry. 
You know, because it's like we're very different backgrounds, very different mentalities. And it was just like, you know, so the home piece is super important because if you're exhausted because you spent the whole weekend doing laundry or like, take, you know, and often we got kids, we got pets, we got like, we need the help more if you're in business, you know, whether it's at home or in the business, because we are, we have already said like, oh, I need to do it all. (laughs) Right. So we already have a lot on our plate. And then we're like, oh yeah, let me do this business thing. Just get help. Just get help now. (laughs) That's that's my message. Then the question becomes like, how do I find good people or where do I find good people? So talk about that. Honestly, where you find good people is that good people are everywhere. It just depends on who you're trying to find. So like, for example, with you, you know, you had a really good picture of who it is you wanted in this position for the ops manager. And you sat down and wrote, you know, your job description and stuff. So nine times out of ten, people are not not usually that organized. Like they normally don't do any of that. So, of course, you're a winner there. So normally it's it's me really getting deep with them and trying to pull out of them like what is it that they are looking for in that the person what's the values and I'm really looking at the business even if they're not telling me any of these things would this person be aligned with their mission and the vision that they have because that's a, also a red flag like if this person cannot grow with you then it really doesn't make sense for you to make you know the hire now if it's a temporary position that's completely fine but usually at that moment you're trying to hire somebody for the longevity of things so i'm looking at it from that aspect and then in terms of actually finding the people once you're clear about who it is you're trying to find you have to really reposition your mind to actually think where this person would be located because what might be working for like somebody looking for like a marketing person is not going to be the same for like an ops person So it'll be vastly different and actually looking at, okay, this is what I'm looking for. Think to yourself, like, where would this person hang out? And there are so many places, like the internet is like crazy. If you have a brick and mortar, it's it's even more deeper and even more like different type of places that you can actually find somebody. So like put yourself in the person's shoes. Like if I was the, the ideal person for this role, where would I be? So for some, for, for a lot of like traditional corporate jobs, they'll find good people on LinkedIn. Now for like a small business, that might not be the ideal you know, place, especially if you want somebody with like remote experience and you're looking for more like non-traditional type of jobs. So that's the way you really have to analyze things to find the people, but they are out there. It's just honestly taking the time to actually find them. That's why I say hire before the growth and not in that period of overwhelm because you won't have the time to actually find the good people that you're looking for. What I'm hearing is going deep, right? And this is this is something I talk about a lot is like people just think, oh, I need this position. And then they list out a bunch of skills or whatever. And that's going wide, right? If you go deep and one of the one of the best pieces of advice that I got around this was to really just like do some journaling around this person, like really get this picture in your mind of like, who is this person? Like, do they have the same sense of humor as you? You know, like, what are you going to joke in the the water cooler channel? Like, you know, like, what are their values? Like, get super clear on that. Because it's just if you don't have that clarity and that vision, then you, you can't find the person you don't know what you're looking for. So doing that work first, and I'm sure you, you know, you can help people guide sort of guide them through that as part of your process. But if you're doing it on your own, like just taking that time, you know, and again, if you're already in crunch time, if you're already in crisis, it's going to be hard to do, but you're gonna have to suck it up and do it. 
that's the thing though, looking at it from like the team. You're trying to build a team. Like that's what a lot of people are not looking for. They're just looking for the short temporary fix. So even if this is your first hire, that is the start of your team. So do you feel like this person is going to grow and develop with you? Because what you'll find is if you didn't do that deep inner work you need to do in order to find the actual right person, you're just going to have a team of freelancers. Like not anybody who's really dedicated to actually seeing your business be successful. And a lot of folks find themselves in that predicament. But if you focus on like the actual work and what this person should really look like in terms of maybe characteristics, like the experience that they have, like what do they do for fun to see if they're even like a right fit for where you're going, you'll be super successful. Yeah. And I have to say on the, you know, having a team of freelancers, like one of my, my other episode about hiring, which I never expected to do was because technically speaking, I have a team of freelancers, but we are a team, right? It's not like it, you know, regardless of where they came from or what the structure of their role is, like, I do feel like I have a team, like we're cohesive, like they're supportive. They know the vision of the company. They actually care about serving our clients. Like you can build that regardless of, you know, technically how the role is structured, but you have to be intentional about it. Yes, absolutely. All right. So let's say people are, you know, it's too late. They're in, they're in the weeds or maybe they've, or maybe they hired, right? Usually when you have that first hire, it's like you're kind of trying to run the back end of your business. You're trying to do all the things. You're trying to do the marketing. How do people get themselves out of the weeds Like once you have this person or these people on your team? The way that this should start is that you need to set the expectations with this person. And I honestly recommend doing that from even before they start. So getting a sense of like what the first 90 days should really look like and even mapping that out for yourself. Like, what is going to wow you as the leader in this business? Like, what do you actually want them to focus on? Because often if you find that you have somebody on your team and you feel like you have to do a lot of handholding and you just want them to take initiative, usually the reason, and this is going to sound really strange, is the person doesn't feel actually empowered to take things off your plate and just run with them. You will find candidates and team members saying that quite a bit. And they're like, well, I never knew I could. And it's because the conversation never happened. So like when you start with somebody being really clear about like the expectations of the role and saying to them, like, look, this is a role that I want you to eventually manage everything. Like for the first 90 days, we're going to fill things out. Of course, you'll have questions and I'm happy to answer things. But after that, that person should really be empowered to like move things along on their own. They're supposed to be doing forward thinking in the role. So like, for example, if you have like, I don't know, a social media person. And of course, like the first, you know, couple of weeks is you finding yourself, they're finding like how you like to talk in your voice. After that, they should start thinking of things to even bringing it to you as the leader. So that's how it should really happen. That's how you know you have a really successful hire because once the person feels empowered, they will help propel things forward and they'll start bringing new ideas that you may not even have thought about. And that is what really truly makes a cohesive team. Yeah. And I just want to speak to like being on the other side of that experience because like it is, it is well worth the investment, the time to do that deep thinking, to get those team members. Because one of the first things that Karen did is we had, we had our kind of kickoff call and we made a map of like all the things that I was doing in the business. And then it was all the things that I should be doing. Like list one was very, very long and list two was really, really short. 
And so, you know, then we were like, okay, you shouldn't be doing all of these things. So who on the team is best suited to do this? Or do we even need to do that? Like she took the initiative to create that map, to have the conversation with me, to go down the list saying, okay, what else are you doing? What else are you doing? What else are you doing? And it was just was so valuable. And the same with my marketing assistant who came in, you know, that was, that was the first thing was like, let me get off Instagram. Cause I'm so done. Uh, and I know a lot of people feel that pain and it only took three weeks before she was like actually just writing original content based on, you know, I gave her the pot of gold. If y'all don't have the pot of gold yet, what are you doing with your life? I gave her this database with basically seven years worth of content and said, you know, this is what you're going to use to pull social media. And within three weeks, I was just completely divorced from the process. Like when I went on vacation, I looked at my Instagram. I was like, oh, look, it's a birdie meme. Like, you know, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful feeling, but you have to be able to let go. And I know that is a, that's an issue for a lot of CEOs is like, we say we want help. We're desperate for help. We hire the people and, and then we don't let go of shit. So can you talk about like yeah. some strategies to be able to just really release control of like these things that have been our babies for so long? Yeah. So one thing I can say, like in just a short, just a short phrase, you have to honestly move from fear to fearless in order to really do that because it's fear. It's fear why you're not handing these things over. You're like, man, if I hand this over to them, it's not going to be done well. Like my clients and my audience are going to know that I'm a fraud. Like, so like if you're doing social media and somebody posts the wrong thing, you're like, oh my gosh, they're going to know there's a whole bunch of grammatical areas, but like, it is not that, that deep people. Like, honestly, it really isn't like, so nobody is sitting there on your social media, like stalking your every post and looking at everything like that. It's trial and error. And that that's just entrepreneurship on a whole. So it's the same thing with your team members, like give them the opportunity to impress you. And of course, you know, mistakes do happen. Then you have a conversation about it and fix it for the future. But you just holding on to everything and trying to control everything is not going to serve you. If anything is just going to drive you insane because then you'll have resentment. You're like, well, I hired this person, but I'm still doing everything. And like I said, it's usually, you know, with you, for most people, it's themselves. They're not handing it over to folks. So you really need to reframe all of that. Stop being scared about that and really just put your out, yourself out there and try. Like give over a little bit at a time. If you, you know, are really nervous about handing stuff over, and the person in nine times out of 10 are probably going to impress you if you'd made the right hire because they'll just start taking things off your plate. And before you know it, you'll have so much time. You're like, wow, this is what I envisioned. But it, it will never happen unless you take like the initiative in yourself to just hand some stuff over. And one of the things that helped me to do that is to be really clear with myself and with my team that we are creating process. Like the the value and the the definition of a business is a collection of systems that produce revenue and profit. So the job of the team then is to create the systems and the processes to do that. And so I just am really clear with everyone all the time that if something goes wrong, that means assuming you put the right people in place, right? That means there's a problem with the process. So if something was you know, if there was a grammar error, well, maybe we need to put something in the process that this gets run through Grammarly. They're not afraid I'm going to like come down on them for mistakes because I'm just going to say, this happened, figure out why, 
fix the process and keep it, keep it pushing. Exactly. And, and that should be the approach, right? Everything is trial and error. Entrepreneurship is trial and error. So have the same, like have the same mentality when it comes to your team, but like know that at, at first, like the first hire is what is honestly hardest because it's the first time you're experiencing it. But once you start making like the right hires, it's going to move like really seamlessly and everything is just a learning experience for you too. So just approach it from that lens and it'll be super helpful for you. And I think too, once you start to experience the relief, right, the relief and get the time back and be like, oh, you know, I remember when I hired someone to start doing like automation work so I could get out of doing all the development all the time. And I'm like, I would go into ClickUp and I'm be like, oh, that's checked off. Oh, that's done. That's like, this is amazing. (laughs) Things are getting done and I didn't do them and they're being done well. So I think once you experience a little taste of that, it makes it easier to be like, oh, what else can I let go of? What else can I let go of? Oh yeah. People get addicted very quickly. They're just like, why didn't I do this sooner? And normally for a lot of folks, it's the money. They feel like I can't actually afford, but like I said, you know, actually thinking ahead and saving Like, even if right now you are like at ground zero very early on, just starting to think about like what you want that first hire to look like and just start saving a little money towards it. You'll be able to hire way quicker if if you start saving rather than then you just feel overwhelmed and you're like, man, I just need somebody like now and make the wrong hire and lose money. Yeah. And I think if you do go in as a new business thinking like, oh, I got to save for this position that I need to hire for, that is then going to affect the pricing. Because you're like, oh, I can't be bottom of the barrel because I got to save for this position. And one of the best stories I um, heard was from Robert Hartwell from Broadway Collective. He's like, oh, when I got started, I immediately hired someone on Fiverr to just like go find lead, like go collect, you know, the leads, like go find all the all the businesses that meet this criteria and put it in a spreadsheet. Like you can do that from day one. And I think if you have that mentality, like it's it's really going to help. There was one thing you said earlier that I wanted to go back to around why people don't take initiative. And this is something, you know, you said that they don't think they can. And I think I want to, I really want to highlight that when people are not, when you have this mentality of like, I wish they would just be, you know, get ahead of me and like take stuff off my plate. You have to make sure that people have permission, right? Because the reason people don't do that, they don't have the knowledge or they don't have permission. And permission is usually the big one, right? (laughs) So I just wanted to reiterate that because I think that's something we have to be super explicit about with the team. And it's something something my ops manager is great about, like coaching some of my team members on who would otherwise be more reticent about like, hey, you know, you can step up with your ideas. You can tell us what you're interested in so that we know what you want to be working on. Because, you know, you like... Hopefully you want people on your team to be happy. And not being fearful. That's the thing. Like nine times out of 10, a lot of them are fearful of actually like, oh, am I going to mess it up? Or am I going to be stepping on somebody's toes if I tell, you know, Karanda this idea that I have or things like that? Like usually it's a lot of like mindset for the reason that somebody's not stepping up. So like you giving them permission is actually you empowering them. Like, hey, I feel like you would be great in taking ownership of this area. And I'm giving you permission in order to do that. Because at the end of the day, nine times, if you're outsourcing for something, it's not technically your zone of genius at all. So if you're hiring an ops person, like for you, like you hired Karen, right? And you are all about like marketing and content marketing. And you're just like, please just like take it, take it away. 
So you empowered her in order to do that. And it's been a lovely experience. So that's what a lot of folks need to do. So approach it from that perspective to really help yourself, you know, honestly win with your new hire. All right. So we talked about not waiting too long. We talked about letting things go. We talked about going deep with your vision and being like strategic. Is there anything else? Are there any other sort of either must do's or must not do <laughs> that we didn't cover, like that, that tend to trip people up, especially when they're hiring maybe for the first time? One thing I will say that trip some people up is that sometimes when they'll make the wrong hire, they'll sit in it for far too long. So like if you hire, you need to, honestly, I always tell people, follow your gut. Your gut is not going to lie to you about a lot of things, right? Now, of course, if you're biased and all that kind of stuff, that's a different story. But if your gut is usually spot on, like really take that intuition to find if that person is actually the right person. So don't sit in that. Like if you feel like, okay, it's been like a month and I'm really feeling this person doesn't have anything under control, of course, start by having a conversation, but usually your gut is telling you something for a reason. And do not be afraid to let that person go and reassess everything that you're doing and start the process again. Because if you wait too long, you're just going to be losing money. So you'll just be, pay- you'll just be paying this person and they're not going to be getting you the results that you need. And in entrepreneurship and small business specifically, we do not have a lot of money to waste. No. We, we can't be Amazon and Walmart and just be like, throw, throw money, you know, good money after bad. And, and literally, that's why I did the episode before this about sunk cost fallacy, because, you know, as humans, it's like, oh, we put time and money and effort into this. So I got to see it through, you know, and I'm, I'm in a program to help me sort of like work my way out of the day to day of the business. And one of the things I hear a lot is people who are dealing with team members that from the sound of it are just like, they're just mediocre team members. It's like, no, you need to let that go. Cause you don't, we don't have the time. Like, we need those results. We need those results and we need them quickly. So I 100% agree with that. And I, I had to go through it. I had to be like, mm, it's been six weeks. I'm not, I'm not feeling the relief. And I started having those conversations and I was super clear. I was like, I went back to the job description. I was like, is it me? Right. I think that's what happens is we like, oh, it must be me. Like I, I must not have trained them. I must not have given them, you know, enough information. But once those bases are covered, then you got to be like, okay, this maybe isn't the right fit. And so I had to go back to the job description and and I was like, nope, I said I wanted this and this and this and this, and I'm not getting it. And so then I had to have that conversation like, hey, these are the things I'm not, that aren't happening and I need them to start happening by this date or this isn't going to work out. So it's, it's hard, but you know, it's, you, you made this entrepreneurial bed. So step up. And it's part of being a leader. What was the first thing I said to you once this happened? I was like, why didn't you call me sooner? Chit chatting so often and never at once you'd said anything. And I was like, you did not need to sit in this for so long. We are just very unforgiving, especially Black women. We're just like, let me just give them multiple, multiple chances. And, and always it's to our detriment. Whereas a lot of men or, you know, other counterparts would really just say like, well, this is not working and th- this person is just gone. Now, of course, I always, I'm always one to give people chances. So always start with the conversation. But like, you don't need to sit in for that for too long. Like, that's why I said, trust your gut reaction. And I know for you, like your gut normally tells you and like you had feelings like far before. I did. Yeah. And and honestly, six weeks was 
Like that was a short amount of time. Like there was a time in my business where, you know, I was just getting like virtual assistance from like, you know, outsourcing companies where I kept somebody for like nine months who was just not a good, you know, so it's just like, I was like, okay, six weeks cutting it off. You know, that, that was a, that was a vast improvement for me, but you're right. You're right. Like we do, we sit in that and it just, it just is to our detriment and it costs us and we can't afford it because we're already getting paid whatever 60 cents on the dollar. Like there's already too much stacked against us. So we have to just like be, be strategic and, and do what we need to do. All right. This has been amazing. I think it's going to be amazing for the people who listen to it. And I want to just give you the floor to say anything else that you want to say around what's going on with you right now. What are you, what are you bringing to market? What do you want to promote and where can folks find you? So first I'll talk about where folks can find me. You can find me. I'm literally on every platform, but I love Instagram. I'll respond very quickly. I don't know. I never used to. That's the thing. I was just like, it's just one day it just switched for me. So I've been doing a lot of fun things there, like lives and random reels. So I've been really enjoying that that process. And then right now I'm having to launch myself. I have my rebalance accelerator, which I'm super excited. And of course, you know, some hiring aspects are going to be in it, but we'll be evaluating everything. So if that's of interest to you, you know, you can go on my website and the link is there. You'll find it on the homepage. Talk a little bit more about who that's for and like what's what's in it. This is for honestly business owners who have really hit their ceiling and they're feeling this sense of overwhelm and burnt out. So it's traditionally they do not have the strategy. They don't have any structures in their business. They do not have the team to support them and they're really down in themselves. So a lot this is for the the entrepreneur who is like I'm not making it. I feel stretched personally and in business. So they feel like they have to actually sacrifice either their self-care, personal life, or business in order to actually be successful. Like they are at that point and they feel pushed and pulled in multiple directions. And honestly, they're probably at the point where they're considering going back to a nine to five job because they're just like, this is too hard. I've been trying so long. I'm tired of grinding all of the time. And I'm just like, when is my time going to come? So this is for that entrepreneur where we will be reassessing and reevaluating everything you're doing from like your offers to your strategic planning. Of course, we're going to focus on your team. We're going to be assessing your actual org chart too. Like what is a a million dollar team going to look like, like in your future for yourself? So all these things in addition to like the systems. And of course, because it's me, we'll be focusing on culture and equity as well. So I'm pretty excited about it. And of course, if it's of interest to you, I invite you to check that out on my website. Awesome. Okay. So I think that's going to help a lot of people. Thank you so much for this. I'm so glad we persevered, but you know, we got to bring this knowledge to the people. So thank you so much. And then you had a little gift that you were going to point us towards as well, right? Yes. So for those who are at any stage in business and you're trying to figure out what are the steps for you to hire? And you're just like, I really need to start this process, but you kind of have no clue. You just want to know how to get it right. I do have a a roadmap for you that's completely free. So you can go to kimonapier.com forward slash dream hire roadmap, and you can go ahead and grab that. So it's going to walk you through, I think it's about like 12 or 13 steps in order for you to really make your next right hire. So it'll be super helpful for you. And it's literally me giving you a lot of knowledge over even my own hiring you know, experience personally in my business. So you'll 
get information about looking at your budget, everything to really make it easier for you because I do want you to be able to hire successfully so you don't end up you know, losing peace of mind and then losing money over it. All right. Awesome. So we'll have all of those juicy links in the show notes. And thank you so much for being with us. This has been so amazing. And for you first time listeners out there, now is the time when I'm going to invite you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you've gotten value out of this episode, which I don't see how you wouldn't. So hit the subscribe button, leave us a five-star rating and review. Go check us out on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. And also be a friend. I know you're thinking about somebody right now who probably needs to hear this. So go share that with them right now and they will thank you. Until I see you again, don't forget to begin as you mean to go on.